Hey everyone, what is up? My name is Tony McGeehee and you're listening to Emerging Entrepreneurs, the podcast made by an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. Welcome back to episode 28. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome home. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to take a moment for those of you that are new to the channel to head to my new website, emergingpodcast.com. There you can find all past episodes of the podcast, my blog, and my brand new Create Your Own Podcast course. Click the link in the description or go to emergingpodcast.com to check it out. Now moving on, Mo Gray is a college dropout turned fund manager where he helps his clients build their businesses. Mo is also a proficient trader of the Forex market, which is trading different currencies around the world in case you didn't know, and he's also a photographer. In this episode, Mo talks about how he got started as an entrepreneur and how he got involved in what he does now. If you don't listen to anything else in this episode, make sure you listen to the section where Mo talks about the mistakes people make when using credit and what you can do to avoid the same mistakes. Mo talks a lot about money in this episode and how to get smart with your money. You do not want to miss out on what he has to say. Mo is now very successful at what he does, but he also shares the difficult times he went through, starting out when he barely had money to eat and how he's learned to live very minimal even now that he makes six figures. We cover all of this and so much more, so be sure to listen to the full interview. Mo has such a great story you all need to hear. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends if you enjoy this episode. Also, please go follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Emerging Entrepreneurs Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome back to Emerging Entrepreneurs, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me again on this episode of the podcast. Today, I have one of my good friends on the podcast, Mo Gray. Actually met him a couple months back um, at a football game at UCF. So coincidentally, it just kind of happened by accident. But you know, it's been great uh, since I've gotten the chance to meet him. So Mo, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, of course. So we were talking a little bit off camera. Um, so I'm just going to let you explain to the audience what you do because it's a lot and it's a little bit complicated and you'll do a way better job at it than I will. <laughs> You're right. Okay. In a nutshell, I think the easiest way to explain what I do, um, especially now that I like in this new year, I've kind of, I've kind of reshaped what it is that we do, you know, on paper, on page, so that we can communicate that to other people and really make it an effective way of not only sharing our message and what we're trying to do as a company for other people, but just in, in a whole for everybody around us and inspire people in a different way. Um, so to say what I do is right now, we're a fund management company. I run Dynasty Capital. It's a fund management company. Um, our goal and focus is pretty much using our, we have investors, so we take our investors' funds and we multiply them for them because we have a large, extensive research, um, resources and network to multiply money that most people don't have and most people aren't connected to. So because of that, we're able to, you know, throw money here, throw money there, multiply it for our clients and make everybody happy. That's essentially what we do in a nutshell. All right, sweet. So to piggyback off that, I got to ask, how in the world did you get into this? And how did you go about, you know, finding your clients who would be willing to invest money? And how, you know, how did you prove that you'd be able to turn this money into something? And 
What are these clients investing in? What are you putting their money in? So just talk about that whole process. Okay, so those are a lot of questions at one time. Make sure you remember them because I'll probably forget after <laughs> yeah. I rant. But so to answer your first question, um, how did all this come about? Um, it's very interesting. I was, uh, I'm an avid believer that you should always follow your passions and do things you love, right? So my first passion was photography. It still is. Um, I slowed it down because I started doing it as a business because I was like, hey, I'm working a job right now. I don't really want to be working. Like I was working and trading at the same time. So I was like, using my work money to trade, which is smart for any average person. That's a nugget right now. If you have work money, take some of it to multiply and don't just, you know, spend it on stuff and bills. Um, but yeah, so I was using my work money to multiply and I decided that I was like, you know what? I want to go for photography. I love photography. I've always loved photography. I was taking nice pictures. Everybody was loving them. So I was like, you know what? Let me just also take that money and now invest in a camera. So I did that, flipped into a camera and then I was running around doing photography, doing videography, for the next, I want to say six months plus, right? I started working with a group that was doing like a credit repair business down south in Miami and a Fort Lauderdale, mainly Fort Lauderdale, but most of Miami too. So I was working with them. I was doing videography. I was doing all the um, all their content. One of my good mentors, Mike Burgos, he's an excellent guy, a hard worker. Um, I was just shadowing him with content, and I w I just started to learn because he was a businessman, right? And so not only was he doing that business, but he was doing real estate. He was doing, he was connected with several like people in the musical industry, doing things with them and just doing a whole bunch of other stuff as an entrepreneur would, you know what I mean? Trying to be the best that he could be and add more value to his life. And then in return, his family's life. And so that showed me, I was like, yo, like, I really want to take myself to the next level as well. Being with him every single day. Cause I literally stayed at his, he just was like, yo, you stay here. He's very minimalist by the way, too. Like, mind you, this is someone who makes like six figures a year, but he's very minimalist because he came from Haiti originally. So he's Haitian and Dominican. So they have like a good sense of like, Hey, this was my home. Like I used to take cold showers. He still takes cold showers. It's crazy. And so he, I, it's funny cause he made me do it a couple times and it was like a shock, but it's like a good shock. Cause it's like the best way to wake up your, like start your day and like thrust you into action. You know what I mean? But anyway, that just speaks of his, his character. And so like watching him and shadowing him and all his meetings and his dealings and catching all this content, I was like, yo, I started learning and picking up things as far as how business is really done. You know what I mean? Cause there's this whole thing about like you take business, like you're, you're in business courses. You know what I mean? Like we take business courses, we go for these degrees and there's like this overall perception of what business is. And then there's actually doing business and seeing it done and then doing it like that. You know what I mean? To effectiveness and now all the hoopla and the fluffiness, you know what I mean? And you know, I like, like I'm anti fluff game, so I don't like anything fluffy and fake. So it really caught my, caught my attention. I was like, you know what? Let me do that in my trading business. So I did that in my trading business. I had a few investor meetings, but as far as my portfolio, because I had been doing so much photography, I didn't really have a portfolio. So the meeting that I did have kind of, it didn't flunk, but like he taught me a lot of good stuff for the meetings to go. And he said, Hey, you come back with a portfolio. I got you. I'm willing to invest in you guys. However, I didn't want to wait for that. <laughs> I'm very impatient. So what I did, I was like, you know what? Let me find out how I can now get more money to build my business. And I knew that the bank was one of the best ways to get funding, right? Because you go to the bank, you get money. Most people get loans for cars and homes and all this other stuff. I was like, well, if I get that same amount, let's say I got 10 grand, right? I was like, if I get 10 grand from the bank and I only got to pay 300 bucks a month, I'm going to make at least $4,000 a month trading, right? So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. 
but I had bad credit. <laughs> so yeah. at the same time, I was trying to go on a credit um, credit spree and do my credit, but my credit, I ran into some other ways. There's actually other ways to build your credit and do things for your credit that most people don't know, and I'll let them contact me for that. But I went, I went and found those secrets and those tidbits, and so I'm trying to do these behind the scenes at the same time catching all this content and trying to trade. What happened was I ran into an individual's name was Delon Phoenix. He was running a funding company. And so I was like, yo, I want to talk to this guy. Because at, at the time, he was linked through somebody else that I knew in the credit business, right? So I was like, yo, I really want to talk to this guy and really find out more about how funding works and how the banks work and how credit works and how we can use that to get to where we want to go. And the guy, he was like, not to say he was doing it on purpose, but he was just kind of like keeping me from it because he was so focused on that credit business. Not Mike, but another guy, his name was Sam. Um, so long story short, I got the number. I got I contacted Delon and we just hit it off. We started talking on the phone and we just started talking all the time. And long story short, because I don't want to keep it, me and Delon ended up going in a partnership. So what I did, I started, I learned all, everything because he was willing to teach because he saw how receptive I was and I was asking the right questions. I think that's one thing to put out a note. If you ever want to do something or attach yourself to somebody, ask the right questions. Think of the right questions. Ask the right questions. That way that person can see what your goal really is. He knew that my goal wasn't to try and like leech off of him or get any secrets. It was just trying to get, use him to get to the next level. You know what I mean? Not in a bad way, but use him to get to the next level where I wanted to go. And I wasn't just asking questions just to be like, eh, I don't know about this. You know what I mean? I wasn't skeptical. He was like, yo, you really want to learn and you really want to do this. So I'll teach you. And so he teaches me, he taught me the business. He taught me how credit works. Well, I actually did more research on how credit works, but he taught me how, like, the little inner secrets of credit. He taught me how to use the banks to get those investments and become, uh, get investors and pull money in so that you can do the things you want to do. So that's how I, that's what I started doing. I was able to find a few friends and clients that had good credit. We went to the bank, long for shorter references, we went to the bank. We got funding because of our partnerships and bada bing, bada boom, all of a sudden now I have invested money. Um, Ask me your next question because I told you was gonna, I was going to forget. <laughs> yeah, you're good. So um, I think you answered the, the first couple, but then the, the next one was, so once you get that money and everything, what are you doing for your clients? What are you helping them with? Are you helping them build businesses or, or what are you helping them with? So that's funny that you said that because that's one of the things that we're doing as well. Um, the main thing, the first thing we're doing is we're taking, we're doing this, we're doing these investments and we're giving something back to the client. We're making sure that we give them a percentage of the money up front. So we give them 10% up front of whatever we get in our funding process. And the rest of it, some of it goes to the banker for their fees, but the rest of it goes to us so we can multiply it. Why? Because we have, right now our main thing is trucking and distribution. I don't know how much you know about trucking, but like I think it was in 2015, they did like 12 billion, 12 something billion. Yeah, trucking low-key is like a monster, bro. And the more I get into the more I talk to people, I realize how much of a cash cow it is. So right now, we're acquiring trucks. We already have the contracts. We already have the routes. We already have all the connections. So right now, we have it in a position where as soon as we get a truck, it's on the road making money, for not only for us, but for our clients. So that's one of the things. We have agriculture that we do as well. So um, for all the – I don't really give this out too much because most people can't wrap their head around the logistics of agriculture. When we say agriculture, we're talking about West Coast. So that means medical marijuana, CBD, all that stuff. But long story short, we're in that too. We got like 71 acres on the West Coast store partnerships as well. That was a major accomplishment of last year. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I bet. Yeah. That was a major accomplishment of last year. Yeah, um, for sure. 
and I've been I've been somewhat promoting that, but like I always want to stick to what like we're actually really head on, really doing. Like that's there, but as far as logistics, we're still we're not working on it. Like we know how to make money with it, but like to the point where investors can understand that we're not touching it with it yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we also have business build out. So right now, what we're doing for every client as well, while they're doing that trucking, while they're making money, they're making residuals. We're making residuals um, every month through our trucks and our distribution. We're also making more connections to continue and do it more and more without like so many loopholes. And that way we're getting more profit back, not only for ourselves, but for our clients as well. Um, and then in terms of the business build out, that actually applies to the business build out. So we kind of like build them their own trucking company within our trucking company. You know what I mean? Yeah. On top of that, everything else is also the same thing. So it's like building, we're taking all our resources, trucking, um, agriculture, Forex, because that's still obviously a thing. I'm always going to be doing that. Yeah. Um, real estate investments that we're looking to get into more of, because like I told you, we just did that deal on the West Coast. Um, and there's a few other things, but there's so many things that I'm just like, yo, at this point, it's just like, <laughs> but uh, we're, look, we're getting in, back into ATMs and uh, drop shipping as well. There's so many things. I mean, honestly, at this point, it's like I'm looking for the things that make the most residual revenue. Like trucks is pretty easy. You put one on the road. If you have everything else in place, it makes money. So yeah. I'm looking for more vehicles like that this year to add to that repertoire. And we're just going to keep doing it. So like I've already found like seven streams within trucking. Wow. So now it's finding seven external streams by itself, not including Forex, which I've turned into several streams as well. So there's just so many things that like are there in the meat and potatoes that make this business, you know, thrive. Well, all right. <laughs> so that's a lot. You guys do a lot. Yeah. So basically you guys basically just make investments that you know are going to make you income over time without you guys having to do much work on the back end after you do the initial workload facts to 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 jump up and explain it the best way i think the best way to explain it would be i'm doing investments and in everything for myself right i'm multiplying money for myself and my company the only thing that i'm doing is now giving my clients and my team access to that that's it yeah because sure. I already know what's going to make money for me, right? I already know I want to be successful. So like, if I'm going to make six figures, I'm like, hey, this is actually a business model. I'm going to help other people do the same thing. And so that's yeah. what we're trying to yeah. help both people. Exactly. For sure. So talk a little bit now about your journey kind of into, into doing this business and everything. Because, you know, I've talked with you about it. And uh, for you guys that don't know Mo listening right now, um, Mo did like one or two semesters of college. So, <laughs> so, so Mo was basically a, a high school graduate, college dropout, and yeah. and he's making six figures, and he's I think like a year younger than me or the same age. So, well, this guy's I'm 26, about to be 27. I don't know how you are. Oh, I'm just kidding. Never mind. I thought yeah. you were younger than that. Never no, mind. I'm older than you. My I bad. know I look young. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm older than you. But no, um, I would definitely say a quiet six because. Um, I think the thing about me is I'm not because of everything that I went through to get to where I am, bro. I'm not like materialistic. Like I like nice things, right? I, I like my BMW, my M4 that I'll be getting soon. I like my GTR, my Lambos, and my houses and everything. But for me, the first thing was that was more important than all that was establishing myself, so I didn't have to go through the same struggles. Like there was like two years in a row where it was like hard to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like I barely eat, really do anything. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't take my girl out. Like me and my girl, we've been through our struggles. We've been together for like six, seven years now. So like 
that's been a struggle in itself. You know how it is having a relationship and not being able to do the things you want to do. You know what I mean? So I think part of my journey that built me also still retains me. So like, even though I'm in a much better place now, as far as finances, like I'm very minimalist as well. And I make sure that like, we're doing the right things at the right time. Like the first step is, okay, we want to build our business and our foundation. Um, I actually help my mom out with her rent more than I do. You know what I'm saying? Anything else. And I think that those are the things that are like, it's about whatever is important to you. You know what I mean? As an entrepreneur, don't forget what you're doing this for. Don't forget what your main goal is. Don't forget why you got here and what brought you here and what motivates you to stay here and keep going. Right. And my motivating factors are always my family, my mom, most importantly, my girlfriend, um, my, my faith. And that's, it. you know what I mean? I keep moving off of those things. So I think the pillars of that is making sure that one, your family's good. Two, you got somewhere to live, <laughs> right. And you can eat and, and, and do the things you need to do. And three, your business is going to keep sustaining those. You know what I mean? So like, even though it may be six figures, that six figures, like 90% of that has gone back into the business so that the business can self-sustain itself. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's been the best chess move because now that I'm seeing other things unveil, like we're about to make multiple six figures this year. You know what I mean? So it's like, yo, that was the right move and the right decision. Like I'll live an almost broke lifestyle as most people would call it to actually be where I want to be and see my goals like materialize in front of my face. You know what I mean? Most people aren't willing to do that. And so like my journey here, like I, I when I jumped out of high school and I'll give you the very short version cause I could be long winded. <laughs> when I jumped out of high school, it's funny because as soon as I got like, as soon as we're talking about before I graduated, cause you know, like how you get out of high school, you have the early days as a senior, like you get out and then you don't go anymore. And then like, then you're, there's your, uh, what do they call it? Like your walk, what do they call that thing where you get your diploma. Oh, uh, like the procession. Graduating. Yeah. Whatever it is. Graduating. Right. Yeah. The day before. So two days before that, we had like the senior party. So I'm driving my dad's car. Right. And like, I'm going through the back neighborhoods after we had a blast. It was like a water event. We had fun. The girls were like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? All that cool stuff. I'm driving down the back roads to get home and some guy crashes into my dad's truck and like wrecks it, bro. Like I'm talking about like I had to drive home with the steering wheel like this. So yeah, most people don't know that. So immediately before I'm about to graduate, my life goes from this to right. They all happen for a reason because as soon as instead of like the average person just going straight to college, you know what I mean? As soon as it was done, I was like, yo, I gotta find a job. As soon as like right after I graduated, the day the day after I graduated, I was like in the interview. It was crazy. And I I was like doing interviews and I was doing this and I was doing that. And then like my friends always knew me for two job mode because I always had two jobs because I had to fix the car, right? Like so I, w I, I was always working. I was used to working. I got used to hard work and I got used to working a lot. Like it was like nothing to me. Like my friends were complaining like, oh, you never could go anywhere. I was like, but I got money to do stuff. So I don't care. You know what I mean? So I got used to it and I bounced from two jobs for like the next, I think two years. And then I got into some MLM companies and started learning about the, like the beginnings of entrepreneurship. And I, I like, I don't know what MLM companies to recommend. I don't I mean, I might not recommend any, but as far as like, building yourself and building your initial mentality and what you want to be and like knowing and realizing your entrepreneurial skills mlms are really good for that and so it really helped me build and realize my inner skills and my inner talents like i realized i had a talent for not only motivating myself and keeping myself up and bringing myself out of struggles and like knowing tips and tricks to master my own mind i was able to give that to other people and i realized that was my gift 
of being the hard work, the dedication, the consistency, all that stuff. I had all of it. You know what I mean? And like unrelentless, like when people like would give up and like, yo, what are you doing? Like there's no nothing of substance. I was still there doing it. And so like not being able to share that experience with other people and help other people keep going through their struggle and continue to move forward, if you will. You know what I mean? So that's where my journey kind of started. And then I got into Forex. Been, I think this is like my fifth year. So I've been on that off and on. I had a lot of success early on, but my success was attached to other people, if you will. So like it stopped. And like they started doing different training methods. They started doing different things that kind of actually messed me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Different practices. Like, like, like I told you in trading. Oh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Ask me a question. Yeah, what do you mean by like it was attached to those people? Like basically without them, you couldn't do what you were doing or – Pretty much, not exactly, but like it was like to a point where like the first um, community of traders that I was with, it was really attached. Like without them, I really wasn't making money because we would have these these calls, not Zoom, but it was another thing. I forgot what it was called, but we would we would do these calls and we'd get up. He would do, mark up the charts and we make money with him, right? And then he just stopped doing it. And we're like, okay. How are we gonna make money now? He didn't you know teach I mean? you how to do it. He just showed He's, you. Yeah, yeah, they had a few videos. They showed us how to do it in the video. So then, okay, then it's like we're running around like madmen trying to understand these videos. Like I already looked through all the videos. So then after he left, he just made it easier. You know what I mean? After yeah. he left, it's like okay, now we gotta do it ourselves. So I had a little bit of success, but it was not enough. Then another advanced group came out of that, and they realized that you're like, okay, we're we're good. We're gonna teach everybody. So I went to that group, and then, um, I actually had a lot of success with that group. I learned uh, his name is Ryan. Gilpin, Lloyd Gilpin. I don't know if y'all know him. Um, most people know him as Mr. Mr. Ten Lots or whatever it is on, on Facebook, but he's pretty popular. Um, he's a cool dude. Actually, I have nothing bad to say about him. I learned a lot from his methods. Um, that's what really helped me. Like I literally took like a hundred dollars to like a thousand dollars in a day. And then in a week, well, I'm sorry, in two days, it was 5,000. And then by the end of the week, it was like $10,000. So I was like on a roll, right? Wow. At the same time, the same group had like three different people teaching, right? So they started doing this thing called like news events and special news challenges, right? It was this thing called FIP or NFP, I'm sorry, where like you can get so many points in a day the first Friday of every month. And if you did that, you were good. Like you didn't need to do anything else. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're catching like two, you're catching your whole month in a day basically. Yeah. So it started becoming a gambling thing. Yeah. And they, like everybody encouraged everybody. like, oh, yeah. So I started doing it. I did it once and I messed up. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, if I can master this, and I keep doing this. That's all I need to do. I don't need to trade. So long story short, that brought me into trading oblivion. <laughs> yeah. So that money that I made went to nothing in a very short amount of time. And then it was like, okay, like what the heck happened? I don't know how to trade anymore. Right? So then it became me reteaching myself with different programs with different people. And then at the end of it all, it was funny. The best place that I've learned from was what I told you, the AstroFX info. I don't know if you actually went on and did it, but that was like the best place mm -hmm. that I've learned from to give me a solid, good foundation of the markets. Yeah. And then I just went to work, bro. I literally was marking up charts for an entire year without yeah. trading. Yeah. yeah, I went and watched their videos. And uh, so started watching them, started practicing with what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And then like just got lucky on this one trade and made some good money on it and it, it was just a practice account so like that's all i've been doing is just practice account and and um and so i got lucky i was like oh i can do this just like just like you were saying with the the friday thing it's the, the nfp or whatever it was uh -huh. and bro, like i've not been the same since <laughs> uh, and so yep and so right now i'm focused on different stuff so i've kind of just 
let it out of my mind completely for right now. But for the second 12 weeks of the year, my, um, one of my goals is to, is to make like, uh, like 20% of my practice account. And so, so it, just like start, start watching those videos again and start practicing with the, with, to, with the right skills this time actually and sticking to it. And so that's, I mean, it's funny. Cause like when you try to cheat around that, you mess up and that's how it is in all entrepreneurship. Like you're going to fail every, I think this is a big message too for people. You're going to fail in everything, single thing that you do. You're just going to, why? Because that's the only way you're really going to learn. Like the reason why I can mark up charts like a beast now is because I failed so many times because I did, I marked up charts for a whole year without trading it. You know what I mean? Knowing I knew how to trade watching every single trade go properly because my mind wasn't ready for it. I didn't take them. Right. So that was extreme discipline because anybody else, mind you this whole time, I'm not making money because I'm sitting here watching charts and not trading. So it was like, I had a discipline for a whole year to, you know, sit aside, be broke as they want to say and call it. And it really mastered my skill and hone my craft while other people over there flash money and doing this and doing that. And a whole bunch of stuff that I don't recommend, like the flashing money thing and um, mislead. Not, I wouldn't say misleading because they're not trying to, but people being attracted to like everybody else's materialistic stuff. That's the real problem with trading. That's a real problem with everything. But that's the main problem with trading. Like people like you see other people cashing out and catching pips and throwing money here and throwing money there, but you don't know what their situation is like. You don't know what they went through to get that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't know if someone like their mom or dad gave them 10 grand to trade with starting off. And if you get 10 grand to trade with starting off and you know anything about a little bit of how to trade and have good management, you're going to make money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're going to yeah. master the skills. Exactly. So it's all about knowing your personal journey within training, but within entrepreneurship in general, like knowing like, Hey, you got to take these little failures to build upon those failures to build upon that. Like my mom says, I grew up from the school of hard knocks. I don't know. That's, they may be an old reference, but basically I learned from my failures and always have. And I feel like it's been nothing different in entrepreneurship. That's it. It's only helped me grow. It's only helped me excel. And that's why I am where I am today with all the things that are about to happen. Like it's crazy, <laughs> but it's only because of all the failures. Yeah, for sure. Another question. Yeah, and and this guy, this guy definitely is not a flashy guy. I remember uh, when I met him a couple months ago, um, before the new year. I met him at Panera, and we left together. And he gets into this, like I don't even know what year car it was. It was like this old beat down, yeah, this '06 Lancer. This is beat down Lancer. And in my head, I'm like, I know this dude can definitely get a nicer car than he's got right now. But he's just saving it all because he knows he's putting it all back in the business. So. Bro, so definitely I'm glad not. you actually brought that up. Um, not to cut you off, but I'm glad no, you you're good that because that's um, that's one of my main. It's funny because so many people see leverage the other way. Like, okay, I got a flashy car, I'm gonna leverage it. But I see it the opposite way. It's like, okay, if you have a flashy car, yes, people know you have something, but people don't really know you. People may not know you have something until you have that until they see that flash. You know what I mean, whereas with me, when I sit down with somebody. I want them to know I have something because of what we talk about, because of what we describe, because of the information that I'm pouring out of my mouth and that they understand and recept, receive from the little bit that they can, because I know I go off on a tangent and I will mess somebody's head up with info. But like, and then once they see that, they're like, yo, I see. You know what I mean? It's a respect factor versus like a judgment factor. And I like that. It's like, I play my chips on like my shoulder, I guess is what it's called or whatever. Like my my chip, my cards close to my chest, whatever they call it, or not really, because that's the opposite. I like I put everything out there because it's like, yo, you can judge me all you want, but we're gonna be successful regardless of whatever you think. You know what I mean? Like I'm I I have that beat down, and I, literally I'm gonna get rid of it soon because it's 
is really now getting to the point where it's annoying me. <laughs> it's slowing me up. But like I have that Lancer because it reminds me of where I am, where I'm from. You know what I mean? Where I came from, and like I'm grateful I'm able to have a car. Like before, actually, a couple months ago, I didn't have a car. Like well, not a couple months ago. It's been like a year now. But like last year, earlier last year, I didn't even have a car. I was like, I don't need one. Like I don't need to go anywhere. Like I make money from home. Like, <laughs> I don't need to go. And then I started. My girlfriend wanted to go places, and I was like, okay, well I'll get a car. Yeah. So I actually got, it's funny, I got that car through a deal <laughs> that yeah. went sour. And so, like, I just kept the car. So <laughs> I actually didn't pay for the car. I kind of <laughs> paid for it with the deal. Oh my but, God. like, it, was, it wasn't, like, a major deal either. It was, like, a small deal and, like, yeah. trying to do. But, like, it just went sour. So, like, I was just like, okay, well, just keep the car. Now I have a car. So I got it in the condition that you saw it in, which is why it's in that condition. But I take care of my stuff. But, yeah, so. That was just a little bit about that. Yeah, I, mean, I know it's funny seeing that because it's like we're talking and we're having this good, awesome conversation and I'm pouring out knowledge and like, yo, this guy is crazy. You're expecting to walk out and see me step into like a freaking Benz or a Lambo or something, <laughs> right? And I'm over here. I walk into this car. And you're like, what? And I, I was smiling at you when you were looking at me too. You're like, huh? <laughs> That's the secret. And I don't know if y'all know yeah. about Grant Cardone, but he's one of the ones that says that too. Like one of my assets and that's what I was working on, which is now about to play out within this next month, when my assets can pay for my car, then I could get that faster car. Yeah, exactly. Because me paying for it is taking money out of my pocket. And I'm, I'm working in business for myself to add money into my pocket. And I'm yeah. teaching people how to use cre credit to leverage and make money instead of taking money from them. Like, if, this is another tidbit real quick. But I don't understand why people think that credit is only for homes and cars and shopping. Those are the worst things to do with credit. Because why would you, like, think about it like this. Why would I take my credit and use that only to pay for stuff and take money from me? Why not use that same credit to add to my life and get money for, for me? You know what I mean? That's really what I help people do. I help people really, it's like a peridium shift that they see, and I add that to their life. And now like, they go through life not with that now. It's like, okay, he's right. Like, if I had a 50 grand car, right? I could get a 50 grand loan, obviously, because that's what that is. Give or take a few grand because that's collateral. But regardless, I can get some. Like, maybe you could get 25. I would rather have the 25 grand cash loan than the 50 grand car loan. Because the 25 grand cash loan, I can take and multiply. And I'm going to take and multiply because that's already what I do. Like, even if you're doing anything entrepreneurial now, just think, like, hey, if I added 25 grand to my operation, how much more money could I make? I'm a trader, like you know what I mean. If I could drop 15 bands, 10 oh bands, gosh. five bands in an account, that would be wild. I never even thought saying? about that. You could, uh, you could, you could drop, you could drop five and make the 25 back so quick. You, you get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Most people don't get that and understand yeah. that because it was funny. Yeah, it was funny because you said it when you first said it earlier at the beginning of the episode. You said it, and I was like. I was like, I've never even thought about that. Taking out a loan to actually help you make money rather than you're already spending money and you're going to take out a loan to spend more money. And it's like, why not? When you explain it like that, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. <laughs> it bro, it's the system. But see, that's the system. It's not, yeah, it's not. Exactly. It's like, we got to think about consumer versus producer. And this is where I might be <laughs> preachy, but we got to think about that. Like, producers they get out here they put out things for people to receive and people to grow from and they make money right 
Producers are focused on producing to make money. Consumers are focused on consuming to spend money. I don't want to be a consumer. I don't want to just buy the car to be spending money on the car. I don't want to buy the house to be spending money on the house. I don't want to buy anything to be spending money on it. I want to produce money to get my assets that are making me money residually and all of that pays for my expenses, my car, my home, and my clothes. Once I'm in a situation like that, I'm living free because I know, hey, I've got contracts set. I've got this and I've got that. I know that I'm making 10 grand a month. If I know I'm making 10 grand a month, I can get a car. I can get a fancy car. It only takes 15 grand for a freaking, I'm sorry. It only takes 1500 to get a GTR. That's a car I want. I could probably spend an extra 500 to get a Lambo, $2,000 a month. It's only, okay, I have $8,000 left. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People don't think like that. <laughs> People don't think like that. They're like, oh, I want, I'll never have a Lambo Blake bro. You don't think about it. People don't buy the Lambo cash all the time. Some people yeah. do because they got like that, like Cardi B. To want to buy <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. Like, why would you do that? Like, bro, if you're about making money, you don't make those decisions. Like, I don't go and buy a home all cash. Why? I would. I, it's better to get a loan for that home, make money with that home. Like, I don't want to get a home. My first home is not for me to live in. My first home was for me to leverage. Yeah. My first home is for me to bring it. Like, I'm only paying $1,000, $1,500 for the rent and getting 3000 from people renting out my house. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I envision. That's real estate. Most people yeah. don't think yeah. about stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's one of, that's why I said my job is connecting people to those resources. Cause most people can't go into the bank, unfortunately, because of all the stupidness with the banks. Like I literally hate the bank. It's funny. I work with them all the time, but I hate them. Like their system is so like messed up and construed to where like normal people that should be able to go in and get the benefit of their lives can't. Like yeah. they let the wealthy do it all the time. That's why the wealthy are wealthy because, and I've learned this from wealthy people, which is why I know the wealthy take their credit and they use that and they multiply that bad boy. They don't never spend their money. Yeah. They don't never spend their money. They put their money in investments and they spend their profits. They spend their assets. You know what I'm saying? What their assets bring in, that's what they spend. Mm-hmm. On top of that, they get credit to do things before they spend money. So yeah. they, they exhaust all their credit first. It's like, okay, I'm going to use all my credit first. And then after that, I'll use some of my money to invest. But they use their credit to invest and that's why they're rich. Yeah. And most people are like, yo, I want to, I'm going to go into a bank tomorrow and apply for a loan. Like, no, you're going to get messed up because you don't have the resources and the know-how. Like, literally, that's why we have professors on our team. Literally, we have our own underwriting department that you would find in the bank that does everything for us so that we know at the end of the day, we're going to come out that those banks in that situation of funding with six figures. We're going to get our clients six figures if they got the right qualifications, right? Once we do that, it's bada bing, bada boom. If that's 10%, they're getting 10 grand up front and the rest of them is going to come to them over the year. And I'm trying to kill everybody and give 40% returns, which is unheard of in this yeah. industry as a fund management, any fund management company. Merrill Lynch is probably doing like what, 12% on the year? I already almost beat that up front. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like exactly. thinking about these challenges and how we beat everybody else that we don't even mention ahead of time. That's an entrepreneur. Dang. All right. I got a couple more questions for you. Go ahead. Rap, we, let's we could, go. We could I'm on a roll, bro. Yeah, oh. for real. People, people need to know this stuff. So I love yeah. it. This is, this is going to be one of the best episodes for sure. Now I want to ask you this because you said it to me when we met at Panera a couple months ago and you know, I just thought it was common sense, but, but maybe it's not. And obviously it's not because you know, you've said that people have come to you without doing it before. So I'm sure you have plenty of people come to you and be like, dude, like, teach me what you do. Like, I want to know what you do. Like, I want to make money too. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, all that, all that. So I'm sure you get that plenty of times. So for anybody listening that 
whether they want to come talk to you and like they're serious about it and they want to come talk to you or they are, you know, they're interested in something else and they want to talk to an expert in it. What's your advice for people before they go talk to that expert? Okay. I'll put it like this. Like I'll give people what I do whenever I'm about to go into a meeting, right? Whenever I'm about to go and sit down to a business meeting, anything, I always bring a notepad. I always write questions of what my overall goal is for that meeting ahead of time. So like, let's say like last week, actually I had a meeting um, or the week before last, but whatever. I had a meeting for more trucking, right? My goal going into that meeting was to gain a, a future partnership because at the same time, while we're doing all this stuff, we don't want to be actually doing all of it physically. We want to be setting it up. Like I want to set up a business, do everything else, and then pay someone like 15% of my profits every month to manage it. Why? Because that keeps me being free. That keeps me as an entrepreneur and collecting streams instead of exhausting myself like for 72 hours a day. Most people like entrepreneurs work 72 hours a day because they don't know how to hire a team to do the things that they're doing. Right? So that's the first thing I recommend coming prepared, be prepared. Like literally anybody can like, they can come to me anytime. Like I got email, I got phone. I'm always willing to text and talk to people. My thing is come prepared. Like if you want to know about something, have notes, write notes down, come with a notebook, be ready to be ready to receive anything and be ready to write anything down and get some nuggets. Because if you're really, if you come prepared, like I always come prepared. So people like pour themselves, like wealthy people pour their information out because when you come prepared, they want to share all this information. They want to really help people, but it's funny. And people think that the wealthy and the rich don't want to help people. Most people don't come to the table accordingly. They don't come proper as we speak of it. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't come correct is the best way to say it. I always come correct. Whenever I'm going to a meeting, I always have my notes out. I always have my questions written down of what I'm going to ask. I always dialogue. I always like, you know what I'm saying? I'm very inquisitive. I listen. That's one of the main things. I listen to what's being said. And I listen to it with an open ear and open mind. Like most people come to the table with a closed mind, even though they're like, hey, Mo, I want to know what you're doing. I want to do what you're doing. When they actually ask me questions and we talk, they're very closed minded. And I tell them like, yo, you're asking me what I'm doing to do what I do. I'm showing you how to do it. And you're thinking I'm crazy. Why even come? You know what I mean? Like, why even sit down? Like, if you're going to get to the point where you want, actually want to step into a new realm of life and thinking and gain a new peridium shift, as we call it, you got to be prepared for that. You got to come with an open mind. You got to be willing to forget about the stuff you think you know and listen to the stuff. Like, listen to the people who are doing what you're doing or doing what you want to do, basically. If, if people are doing something that you want to do in life, you follow them. You, you get a blueprint. That's really what it is. When you're notepad, while they're talking and while you're getting notes, you're writing notes. They don't mind when you're writing notes while they're talking. That's what they want you to do. You're writing a blueprint of what they do so that you can do it. Most of the times you have to do it with them to start. And there won't be like, if you come with the right mindset and the right approach, people won't mind teaching you how to do what they do, or at least adding you into the program, giving you some type of leg up so you can be successful because you did enough. You did enough to actually get to them in the first place. You took the time to actually come to them, ask the right questions, be inquisitive to what they're saying and try to be receptive and learn so you can get to the next level. Most people aren't evil people and not going to help you. You know what I mean? And I think it's funny because most people think that the wealthy and the, the rich and all of them are evil. Some of them, yes, use the same techniques and talents for the wrong reason. But a lot of people just like, they're just like us. They want to help people too. They just don't want to waste their time going out there to help people. They want like, if you're going to come to them, they're going to help you. If, you're, if you reach out and find them, if you seek it, it shall come. You know what I'm saying? If you build it, they will come. 
all those things. So they build their business, they build their success. People that want to learn and attach themselves and grow to that, come. That's simple. If you really want to learn, if you're reaching out to me and you're like, hey, Mo, I want to be able to know how to use my credit appropriately. I want to be able to build a business. I want to be able to make residual income. Just come correct. Have some questions to ask. Have the right questions. Don't ask skeptical questions. When you ask questions, it's basically I ask questions learning how I can figure out a blueprint or how can we form a partnership. That's what my questions are. You know what I mean? So if you're not asking like questions like that and you're not prepared to ask questions like that, don't even bother. That's really what it is. Yeah, for sure. So a couple more questions. Um, so for people, I know we've talked a lot about money and, you know, making money and, and how to make your money work for you and everything in this episode. So if you could uh, just kind of like wrap it up into like one statement, a few different like bullet points for people, like what are some resources people can uh, go find like books or podcasts or, you know, YouTube channels or anything oh, like that? Where can they get the knowledge and, or do you yourself have tips for them? on how to, to get right with their money? I have tips. The first thing I'm going to say is um, in terms of entrepreneurship in general, getting right with your money means getting right with your mindset first. So in terms of entrepreneurship in general, I want them to read Crushing It by Gary Vee. That's been one of my mentors for a minute. I think I told you when I met you. So Crushing It, it definitely has all the nuggets they need in terms of starting and getting to the next level and continuing to go to that next level. Um, the main thing is always try to be learning, always try to be inquisitive, always come to everything with an open mind and don't just like shut out things before you even hear about it, you know what I mean? And before people actually explain it to you, um, seek opportunity. That's all you need. You don't really need anything else but the opportunity and be willing to do the hard work in between. Um, I think like the main point as an entrepreneur is you just got to have faith and belief in yourself. Like you, you got to have faith and belief. And you got to be willing to put action. You know what I'm saying? So many people talk about, oh, grind and pray. Or, or not, not grind and pray. It's just pray. Pray for it. Let it come to you. Let it build. No, you got to grind and pray. You got to work and pray. You got to pray and work hard. You know what I mean? Like, you got to pray hard and work hard. And then you play hard. Like, so many people listen to what these celebrities and all these other people are saying and doing and talking about. And it's, it's all garbage. Like, you got to listen to the people that are going where you want to go. If you want to be a millionaire, you listen to Warren Buffett. You listen to Gary Vee or Gary Vaynerchuk. You listen to Grant Cardone. You listen to Andy Frisella. You listen to the people that are actually entrepreneurs, not like these celebrities that got some money because they got some contracts. You know what I mean? You listen to entrepreneurs. Mind you, people like Jay-Z and them, when they give knowledge, that's different because they're actually businessmen. You know what I mean? They're at that level now. But, like, I'm not going to go look at Little Pump's statuses and be like, okay, Little Pump's doing this is what I need to do. You know what I mean? And I think the number one tidbit as far as retaining that focus and retaining your mentality in the right direction, watch what you listen to, listen to the right things. I have an audio playlist, which I'll be willing, I'm gonna send you it actually. I have a playlist that I created on this app that lets you listen to, basically lets you listen to um, YouTube videos, right? And so I have this whole playlist of motivational audios, of like prayer and worship audios. I've got, um, what, what is the other one? Oh, I've got like some secret knowledge audios, like. I have this like thing of audios that I listen to and that's what I listen to for the most part. I don't really listen to music as much. That's one of the main things to cut out. I think that's like the biggest tip I can give. If you want to really turn around and become an entrepreneur or grow your entrepreneurship mind, if you already have one, watch what you listen to. Listen to audios. Replace like go a whole month 
listening to audios over music. Every time you want to listen to music, listen to audios. And the, the audios I listen to have music in them while people are talking, so it helps you listen to it like it's actually music. So that's one of the main things I recommend, having people listen to audios versus listen to music. Because music, like, we love music, but at the end of the day, the music that's being put out there, it's like, it's doing the reverse psyche for our mind. And most people don't realize that. Like, most people don't realize a lot of stuff. Like, we can go on all day about, like, the inner workings of people's mind and psychology and what really is the meat and potatoes of nowadays. But, like, that could be, like, an all-day conversation. So yeah. Like if, well, if they want to know any more, they can contact me and we uh, can have an actual sit-down conversation. Yeah. I can help them get in the right direction. But the main thing is, what are you listening to on a daily basis? What you yeah. listen to is what you become because what you listen to is what you think about and what you think about is what you become. So if you ain't listening to the right thing, you think about garbage, you're going to become garbage. Yeah. If you think about losing, you're going to take L's. Yeah, exactly. You can take L's thinking about winning, but you're not thinking about the losses because you're thinking about the winning. So you're eventually going to win. You know exactly. what I mean? Yep. That's really it. All That's right, yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show for a second episode. Just focus on mindset because we just talked about what you oh, did. Oh, yeah. You kind of crush it. The money side, money side of everything. So we got to have you back on for, for an episode about, about mindset and how to win with your mindset and everything like that. So uh, I have one last question, but before I ask that, I just want to take a quick second to say how much I appreciate you coming on, uh, spitting knowledge at everybody. Just always learn so much from you whenever I speak to you. So. Uh, always love when, when I get the chance to talk to you, Mo. So really appreciate you coming on the show, man. No problem, bro. I appreciate you having me on the show. Honestly, I like doing this stuff. Like, I'm like, it's so funny. Like I say, wealthier people and like those rich people want to help people. I want to help. This is how I help people. You know what I mean? This is how like, like you notice whenever I sit down, like how we sat down at the meeting, it's not like I give somebody all of my time and all of my energy and try to cram in the most information I can because I realize how important it is. Like if I'm actually there, it's for a reason. If yeah. I take my time to go there, it's for a reason. So I want to be, I want to be the thing that makes someone really shift their mind. Like, you know, what? I can do this. Like I went through low dark times. You know what I mean? We can go into that in the mindset episodes, but like, I realized through that, how important it is to help other people through those times and help other people into like a better future. And so that's why I do what I do in general. My whole business model speaks about that. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, so one last question for you, Mo, it's called the three truths. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So, so the three truths is just a, hypo, a hypothetical scenario, basically. And uh, basically, it's your last day on earth. You get to choose the last day. Um, <laughs> and and at, the, at the end of your last day, you know, you've, uh, you've accomplished everything you've wanted to. You've built all the businesses you wanted to. You've impacted all the people you wanted to. Basically, anything that, that you wanted to do in your life and you set your mind to, you've accomplished it. But for some reason, at the end of your last day, uh, when you pass away, everything that you've ever created will be completely erased and nobody has anything to remember you by except for the three things that you write down on the piece of paper next to you. Uh, <laughs> so what are your three truths, Mo? You say three things as in like three words or just like three phrases? Like three phrases or like three things that you know to be true, basically. Like they don't have to be phrases. Like um, like basically like, like a couple of mine would uh, basically be like, uh, be empathetic, like understand where people are coming from and, and stuff like that. And so, and so like, just think, get to people. yeah, like just basically like, you know, whatever the three things that you think are the most important about life that people need to know. Mm, okay. And, and that you want to be remembered by. Okay. Um, one of them would definitely be operate from 
operate from empathy. Certainly operate from empathy. That's very important. Understanding others and putting yourself in them shoes helps you go a long way in their shoes. I'm sorry. Um, another one, be faithful. Like believe, be faithful, have belief in something. Like I, I know what I believe in to be faithful. You know what I mean? Because without that, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get anywhere. And mm, build a legacy. I think that's my main thing: build a legacy. Because uh, if you build, if you if you look to build a legacy, you'll you'll hit everything we're we're trying to do and accomplish. That's really what I'm trying to do. So yeah, for sure. All right, awesome, man. That's great, Mo. Thank you so much again, man, for, for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you and uh, really enjoyed this episode. Um, if we want to connect with you, where can we best do that? Um, you can find me on Instagram. So it's motivation, um, M-O-E-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N-N. So that's my hashtag. I'll, I'll text you the hashtag too because I know I can forget it. Yeah. But motivation, same thing, motivation at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com slash motivation same thing um they also just text me like I'm, I'm a very conversational person like i'm always down to help people and like help people get to that next level because that's what this is about so you if they're coming from you they can talk to me <laughs> all right sweet sounds good all right mo thank you so much man i really appreciate it guys we will see you on the next episode all right man thanks it's fun What an interview. I love talking with Mo, and I hope you all enjoyed the knowledge he shared in this episode. Mo will definitely be back on the podcast soon because we had so much more to talk about. Make sure that you connect with Mo on social media at Motivation. Let's put two ends at the end. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to check out the website by clicking the link in the description or by going to emergingpodcast.com. There you can find all the podcast episodes, my blog, and my Create Your Own Podcast course. Please, if you've enjoyed the podcast thus far, leave a rating and review on iTunes. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Emerging Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thank you again so much for tuning in to this episode of Emerging Entrepreneurs. Now, it's your time to emerge.